0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Common Sense, the podcast season finale for you. Hope you guys enjoy this one, because I know I'm going to. I mean, we're, we're probably going to offend a few people. We're probably going to gain a few followers. And, I mean, I'm looking forward to this guy's fan club hopping on here, because they've all been commenting all week about how they want to be able to call in and everything else. But... Y'all welcome my good friend Brad McNeil to the show. Thanks for having me, Garrett. Absolutely, man. It's been a while since you and I have got to catch up. It has been. It's been too long. I Other just, than just some phone calls here and there. Oh, you're 15 minutes from my house now. That's I know, all. and you party in my backyard all the time, but my phone doesn't ring. Uh, we'll figure out how to make it ring. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> well, man, welcome to the show. Why don't you give everybody just a little brief background, where you're from, where you grew up little bit about you, what you do, and then we can just get into the nitty-gritty.
1: Well, uh, I grew up in Beaumont, Texas, graduated high school there, got out of Beaumont, Texas as quickly as I could, (laughs) went to uh, college in Louisiana, Uh, graduated with uh, a couple of degrees that I have not used ever in my life from Northwestern State University, and uh, made my way back to Texas, Um, kind of bounced around a little bit. Uh, currently I work for a medical device company, kind of a mid-sized medical device company. I'd say probably 25 employees total, not including R and D and manufacturing. Yeah. And, uh, I kind of juggle a lot of balls with them. So I'm managing, I'm training education, I'm surgical consultant on the national level. So I'm in and out of the operating rooms in and out of Teaching institutions and academics and all that now.
0: I thought you did something with airports because you're always in airports. I do not know if you just hung out at them. They don't
1: come to there. me. i got to go
0: to them. Yeah. Yeah. So and I'm You travel probably bit. more than anybody I know. I travel a lot,
1: yeah. So it's probably going to pick up even more this year.
0: That's good. You're the first person I've heard say something positive about 2024 and that things might be picking up.
1: Well, we... We're optimistic, you know? but I
0: guess people still need surgery. So yeah, well that's, well, that's not true. You know, stop. I,
1: and and people are still getting older every day. And what I do is the old people. So we uh, we go in and and that that surgery will always have to be a necessity. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not one of those that it's not like boob surgery where everybody high fives on the way out. Yeah, it's a it's a save your eyesight surgery. So it's uh it's not make your eyesight better. It's save your eyesight. So it's uh, we don't get the the uh, high fives that some of the other guys get. Yeah. Where they see the instant gratification after the surgery. So,
0: I mean, part of life. I mean, I, I, I'm debating how long I'm going to hold off before having my second LASIK because, you know, you can only do that twice mm. supposedly. I don't know if that's changed, but that's why I wear the glasses now to help prevent having that sooner, but to preserve what was actually done because, I man, LASIK was one of the greatest things I ever did. I, yeah. That was so amazing to wake up the next day and be able and to read. The, uh, back then, it was you know the TV was the 27 inch was a big TV. I had like a 27 inch Magnavox, and I could read the ticker at the bottom when I woke up. That was an amazing morning.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh that's in the front of the eye. Uh, all I do is back of the eye, the retinal surgery. So we do the sick stuff. The yeah. diabetic retinopathy, macular degeneration. Uh, detached retina, that kind of stuff. So Ugh. we don't get the uh, we don't get the instant thank you. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the surgeons are the smartest guys I've ever met though, too. These are the the smartest of the smart, in my opinion. They're the neurosurgeons of eyes. Yeah. So I get get a very. I'm blessed to be able to work with those guys and learn from them.
0: Yeah, that's got to be really cool to be able to go in with the technology that you guys are representing and the equipment and machinery.
1: It's amazing. amazing. Everything's artificial intelligence. Everything's 3D, virtual reality. It's all on screens like this in the operating room now, wearing 3D glasses. And you're actually seeing, it looks like you're swimming around in the back of the eye.
0: That's insane. As they're working on it, yeah. That's just wild stuff. A lot
1: of of new technology coming.
0: Well, we were just talking Uh with Biz about how you and I actually met. i think the raptor was the common thing we're out mountain biking pulled up and you know i'm parking next to two other black raptors that have were incrementally outdoing me one by one and then you guys came like blazing in off the trail and then we all just instantly struck up a friendship and that's it all started with mountain biking
1: yeah that's it that was uh brad smith yeah friend of mine and then chase um, can't chase. Let chase
0: out chase wasn't raptoring right then but. no he
1: was he was riding with us so yeah was, yeah. yeah um and uh it just kind of gelled from there uh chase and i we were we were kind of early on in our relationship at that point too so we we were looking at kind of building a group of guys around us and yeah you know we wanted to make sure our next step in life included quality people that had their shit together and, you know, knew what they wanted and kind of held us to a higher standard on the, on the flip side of it. So
0: yeah, that's one of the cooler meeting of a group of friends that I've probably ever had, like completely out of left field was not expected. I was just trying to go get my fat ass on a mountain bike and (laughs) lose a little bit of weight and was like struggling my way around the track and then running into you guys that are now, I consider a part of like one of my very close inner circles of people that, you know, A lot of friends come and go, but, like, you, me, Chase, we can not talk for six, eight months, and then we run into each other somewhere or pick up the phone and call each other, and it's, like, no time has passed.
1: Yeah, it picks right back up. And we
0: have amazing conversations that you just can't have with everybody. No, not at all. Yeah, But, I mean, we're going to go down some of those rabbit holes tonight, so you guys can really see what it's like. Like, we're just going to let it out tonight. I mean, I I can't figure a better way to end 2023 than, you know, maybe we get into all that. I was anti-Obama before anti-Obama was cool. I mean, like mean some of these are some of my favorite stories ever.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago. i uh, I've changed the name of it since.
0: I think you've had you I think you've had as many Facebook pages as you've had vehicles since I've known you too.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> Facebook and I don't necessarily get along. And, uh, and my OCD, my ADHD forces me to uh change gears a lot in cars too so. i mean
0: at least that doesn't go on your permanent record i mean because you i mean the amount of times you've been in facebook jail i mean i think surpasses almost anybody i know
1: i've literally had facebook email me asking me to delete a page and I, they would give me back my personal page if i did so yeah 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 and i just held out
0: good for you man Yeah, I'm not gonna this, do that. this zuck stuff in the censoring <clears throat> of speech is like beyond me like it just pisses me off like I've literally had a few guests on where it's we've sat and talked and talk about a sensitive subject and not that my feed is large enough where some of these other friends podcasts where you can really see it. So when you can see it on my page where they're like pushing it down and there's like no new followers, even the same people that have like are always on here and participating and commenting, can't find my show on a certain week. Like it's kind of like, Whoa, wait a minute. Like, we have everything set to where we should be completely legit, abiding by all your little rules of
1: cleaning
0: up and whatnot, and they'll push you down in that algorithm somehow. Yeah. One way or another.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's smart. It's artificially fabricated to where they can dictate who sees what now.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, before we get <clears throat> too deep here, and I forget, because I know we're going to, because Brad and I are going to drink tonight, like i'm already that's drinking. yeah we're, we're already getting after it and set down so what are we drinking what are we smoking i think this is one of y'all's favorite segments right out the bat so i'm smoking the patoro red label this is one of my favorites you've got the terra blanche white label um both excellent cigars and then if we get to the second one's As you guys know, I I think this should be one of the top cigars of the year, this Foreign Affair. This is Frankie and Luciano did a phenomenal job with this. I like this short version after I've already smoked one. And then we've also got, I got you, one of the Nelson Alfonso number ones. You can never go wrong with a Nelson Alfonso, so... That's what we're smoking on. If you guys want to know any more about that or you have questions about that, let me know. Drop a comment. We are checking them because, like I said, I know somebody's fan club is going to be on here most of the evening. So I'm looking forward to seeing all these crazy Cajuns and stuff with their comments. And any good stories they want to bring up or questions they want me to bring up with Brad while I'm on here? You guys got him in the firing hole for once. Yeah, a lot of them have been warned. (laughs) <laughs> I can only imagine. I started seeing the first thread when you first shared the this upcoming show, and I was like, oh, this is going to be every bit as yeah, good as I've I I've got a buddy of
1: mine in San Jose, California. It's from South Louisiana. He's uh, done very well. I think he's in charge of nuclear medicine at one of the hospitals out there. And uh That's the first thing he asked was, can we call in?
0: Yeah, can we call in? But
1: I put the kibosh on that pretty quickly by referring to him as his his nickname from college, which was Sweets. So if he wants that story told. (laughs) He's putting it out
0: there. That's free reign in my book to, like, throw it at him. You can hammer away. And then as far as what we're drinking, uh, we both started off with the Buffalo Trace. I think you guys saw me pull this out a week or two ago on the show. This is a, a single barrel pick from Buffalo Trace. And then we also brought out the Bardstown Prisoner. Um, we just cracked fresh bottle of that. Uh, have you had that one? I know you've. I've not had the, bar- the prisoner. No. Okay, that is probably my favorite one out of Bardstown to date that I've opened. Um, that's probably like my fourth or fifth bottle of prisoner. Like, I mean, that, if you find one of those, grab it. Those are absolutely amazing.
1: Yeah, I'm, I've never had it, so I'm looking forward to having that one. This is this is kind of a go-to for me.
0: Well, what, what what have you been drinking on lately sure so you're a big bourbon guy yeah so
1: tequila. well like over in june i kind of got into the whole home blend thing with my own barrel and uh so i've taken a lot of my little bit left and poured it into a barrel Are you
0: and the old man back to your pissing match Not is yet. that what i'm hearing no
1: he's he's uh he hasn't made any in a while either so um you know what i'll stand on that i'll die on that hill that's some of the best whiskey I've ever had is some of that homemade stuff in the garage. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, when somebody knows what they're doing, it's definitely good. Again, I remember the bottle you brought me that, uh, I think you finally, like you didn't like it at first and you're like, this is trash. I'm about to dump this out. And then you put it in like a five liter barrel that you had aged it and aged it for a while. And that like made it pure
2: gold.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I, I got into the recipe part of it, the mash bills and all that, and kind of tinkered with the mash bills and really dialed that in. And once I got happy with my mash bill, I took it to the science fair project in 10th grade and really figured Went out how to, yeah, found out where my cuts what'd, were. What
0: would you end up going with mash-wise? Rye. Rye. Yeah, yeah I'm a huge rye fan. I think, I think you're going to see a lot of things in the next year or so where – rye's kind of been like the black sheep of the family for a while and not as much rye is grown commercially. That's true. And I think a lot of these guys have had it for a long time and that because it's not been like the top seller, the big names and stuff like that. A lot of guys have had rye, whereas a lot of these places are running out of like the super old bourbons and stuff like that. They're trying to catch that back up now because there was that big bourbon boom where They were selling 18-year-old-plus barrels like they were nothing. I think you're going to see that with Rye coming up very soon. I think that's going to be the next next thing. I mean, Tequila's kind of coming coming up in there right now and floating up there to be a major player. But I think that's just part of the cycle, and I think Rye's going to be the next one. I think you're going to see some, like, where you've not seen 12- and 15-year-aged Rye's popping out, and they're going to go for top dollar. I mean, it's going to be crazy. I well, I've
1: think. gone through all the phases. I've done the tequilas. I've done the bourbons. Um, I did the scotches. Um, I'm not a big gin guy. I'm uh, not either. I yeah. can't
0: stand the juniper stuff. Don't care for the juniper. It tastes
1: like you're
0: pine eating, salt.
1: Yeah, or you're yeah.
0: eating flowers. Right.
1: Yeah. Just, I'm not a big fan of that. So the tequila's coming back around, I think. Um, and scotch, you know, it never, it's never really gone away. Uh but I've gotten a lot of nice scotches lately too, so I just need to get back into it.
0: What what's something you really do or focused on networking? Because I know you, you keep a really tight circle of friends um that I'm very proud and happy to be a part of. But I mean what's something that you look at? I mean I think that's and I know you've had to redefine friend groups here over the last few years at yeah. times, yeah. And have gone through that process what what how has that been what are some of the ways you've looked at that because i think a lot of people struggle with that and it's it's
1: at the beginning it's very hard because we're all the same guy basically you know Uh you you grow up with a big group of buddies you go to you know college or the military or wherever you're coming from you have a group of guys around you Uh, in college you know i was i was in a fraternity you know with 75 other guys and as close knit as that 75 were you have those groups of 10 or 12 they're even closer yeah get out of college you know you you're in the workspace um you've got the folks you work with you want to separate that so that it doesn't blend over too much right um and i made a proactive move to really kind of dwindle it down a little bit kind of just hone it down and get those quality people in my life and I'm, my, I guess my philosophy on that is is you surround yourself with people who are smarter faster better stronger whatever yeah and it holds you to a higher standard you know and again Chase uh, we kind of did that you know Chase walked up to me the first time I met him he walked up to me and he said man I just moved to town I don't know anybody can I get your phone number and I looked at him and I smiled I said absolutely yeah but in order to bring you in my group I'm gonna to have to fire one and I made that joke
2: yeah
1: it was a year or so later he looked at me and goes who would you fire
2: <laughs>
1: he remembered this you know me, me saying that but it's killing
0: me I gotta know yeah
1: who did you fire and yeah. he knows who I fired uh, but yeah it was um it was a proactive you know process of five or six guys just getting together and we all had something in common. We all enjoyed hanging out with each other. There yeah. wasn't any drama. There wasn't any of the any of the nonsense. It was just guys hanging out, you right. know, relaxing. We we trucks, bicycles, uh, bourbon, cigars, you know that kind of stuff. And
2: yeah, everybody
0: in these groups works hard and plays hard. Like, exactly right. Mean, but they all do stuff to elevate each other and to be there for the other one. And it's not always just one calling the other one or no. texting to check in, like. That's one of the things I've always loved. You know, it's been a. This is the first year Chase hasn't participated in our fantasy football league. He's been so, busy. Yeah, he's been busy. He's yeah. been working his ass off, like Chase does. Misty's been she's falling away at yeah. keeping him keeping him on the grind.
1: Well, they're, they're doing well, though. He's got yeah. uh, He's done quite a bit this past year. Uh,
0: but I haven't got to socialize with him, because we had a lot of banter going I haven't on either. in the fantasy you know, football. In
1: fact, last night, we were on a text last night talking about a Cody Jinks concert in May, so that's our yeah, next. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so we're going to be doing that. You, you guys need to go, too. We'll
0: yeah, just get, in auto. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I just saw that post. There's a Godsmack is doing an acoustic tour, too, right now. That'd be a good I think one. the closest they're coming is either Austin or Oklahoma City. I can't remember which one, but I think I'm definitely going to try to get tickets to that. See, too. I saw
1: Godsmack open up for Stained in 1996.
0: Yeah, I saw Godsmack in a yeah, it was about 96 when they were still playing in the circuit outside of Boston when I lived in Connecticut. Yeah, and that was right when like like their first album that they put out was like. They were still, like, handing out CDs. As a matter of fact, when they added um, the song that really made that album, I can't remember the name of it right now, but they added it on a separate little CD and, like, kind of just taped it to it, and it was being sold at this, like, comic book CD store (laughs) all over New England. And that's, like, that's how they got it out there, and it just started blowing up. Like, it sat on the shelf for a while, and then all of a sudden everybody was, like, who is Godsmack? Like, what is this? Like,
1: and now you've got all these bands on YouTube. Yeah.
0: And it's, yeah. it's just amazing. I just watched his documentary recently. He just released a new one solely did. And it's, it's awesome.
1: He's multi-instrumentalist. Yeah. Plays it all.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's there's a bunch insane. of those guys like that. That just Foo Fighters is coming too. That's what I want to see. Yeah.
1: So there's a bunch of them. We, we typically, uh, we see quite a bit. We, my wife and I, we, we go, we probably see 12 to 15 concerts a year just to,
0: yeah, you guys, you guys knock a lot of things off your list. Like, I love the little Texas, like, what to do in Texas thing you posted last week or this week. Where it's like, these need to be on your Texas bucket list thing. And I was like, hmm, I've done, like, a third of these, maybe a little more. So, now I'm going to have to, like, step this up and, like, knock some more of these off.
1: I knocked a bunch of them off as a kid, so I kind of counted those. But I need to go back and revisit. Those are
0: fun. Yeah, those are good. I like times. lists like
1: that. I like the best margarita, the best hamburger, the best taco, the best place to we'll we'll find those kind of lists and then again the uh the O C D kicks in and it's time to go yeah, knock them you, all off.
0: You are one of those people that does not half ass anything. Like you're either all in like me or you're not you interested all in. at all. You
1: cannot go in it half like, ass. I
0: mean, whether it's guns, cars music i mean we, we just started talking about music a little bit but i mean you make me extremely jealous every time i see you post a guitar picture i think about all the guitars i've sold over the years like i have one that i touch about once a year maybe like i need to buy new strings for it like that's how bad Like, i don't even think you could tune this thing right now but like ha- where did the love for music start for you because you you're like me you listen to everything yeah but you also play and you're like i've well, heard some of the stuff you you've actually put down of your own too and you know i saw a post a while back you do need to like i think you need to revisit that and finish some of that i think that'd be really cool yeah i see. probably
1: need to get back and i need to i need to hook it all back up and uh and get the home studio back up and running so that's the first step you know right now i'm just kind of Plugging straight enjoying in, the yeah. married life. Yeah, enjoying the married life. Once we get once we get uh, everything squared away with storage and all that, I'll figure out how to get all that studio hooked back up and kind of get into it again. The guitar thing for me it was, uh, or the music thing in general, it really was just growing up with, you know in the in the house and hearing yeah. Daddy play Willie Nelson, you know, Waylon Jennings, that kind of stuff as a kid. Mom listened to the, some of the hippie stuff, Mamas and Papas. So I heard it all but for me uh, if I had to blame anyone, it was ace freely from kiss he's the reason why I picked up guitar, and then a couple of years later it was Randy Rhodes. He was the reason why I had to go take lessons
2: yeah
0: that was it what's what's your favorite guitar you have
1: uh the one I'll probably I've got two or three that are top top my favorite the I mean, um, one
0: I wish I still has i I have two that I wish I still had I wish I had my very first, which was my Joe Perry. Les Paul limited edition. I sold that for a dirt bike because I didn't like the guy giving me lessons when I was about 12. And then well, you had
1: a Les Paul at 12 years of age. So. Yeah.
0: You know how long I worked to get that thing and how many lawns I mowed and leaves I bagged to like, I think that guitar was, I want to say it was like 800 bucks back then. Probably. Yeah. It was seven, 800 bucks. And I saw one at Guitar Center about five, six years ago. And it's like it's over $25,000 for that thing, yeah, probably so. Mint condition, yeah. And then I, my '56 custom shop, Les Paul. Well, I see, sold. you
1: had money tied up in yours. I don't necessarily yeah. have that much money tied up in mine. I've got uh, I've got All my favorites, were. and the favorites are more sentimental than mm-hmm. anything. Um, the one I'll probably die with will or be buried with will be probably be the uh, Charvel. The I've got an '89 model or '90 model. Charvel model seven hundred and fifty XL, which was basically touted as the Les Paul killer when yeah. it came out, um, got that one. Uh, the year it came out, I had just spent thirteen or fourteen hundred dollars on the previous year model Charvel, and that meant sacking a lot of groceries yeah. to catch back up. So I can I, understand I that. My,
2: my, my,
0: I would say outside of those, just because those are like those are money guitars, but like just. Kick ass guitars. My favorite, like that, that I had was an Ibanez that I took and had tricked out, and I had them put humbuckers in an Ibanez and had it fretted, had the frets worked on, and stuff like that. And that, man, that guitar was sweet.
1: Yeah, I, it, it just depends on the, the mood, which one I pick up, and uh, what I want to play. You know, if it's uh, Guns N' Roses and picking up the Les Paul, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. If it's uh, something bluesy i'll pick up on the strats yeah you know, if it's something heavy there's the jacksons you know there's the deans i've got Dimebag's guitar i've got the jackson warrior i've got randy rhodes flying v you know his, his rr1 i've got uh i've got the signature model of of uh, phil Collins from uh def leopard i've got his guitar one of 10 in the world i've got that one
0: that's badass.
1: Yeah, yeah. That was uh, that one came that one came to me in a very probably the most most inopportune time. I remember putting a down payment on it in order because it was custom built. There was ten of us that went in on it, and it took a year and a half or two to actually come to fruition. And I just moved to Dallas, Texas, and I remember moving here, getting a huge nice mortgage payment,
2: <laughs>
1: and then losing my job. Oh man! And the week I lost my job was the week the the music store called me and said, "Hey, you owe us this amount of money for this guitar." So I had to make a decision. So Who'd rather you than kick pay, out of the
0: club for that, one? rather than pay mortgage, <laughs> I, I
1: bought a guitar that month. So yeah. yeah, yeah, but I still have it. You know, it's one of those I'll never get rid of, and it's hot rodded too. It's been hot rodded since. It's uh, it just kind of it's, it's the neat thing about guitars. You make it yours. You can yeah. take any guitar off the shelf and make it yours, and you really don't need to spend that much money on them either.
0: Yeah, you can really play around with him as long as you have know the right person to yeah, I've help got a, you tweak him. I've them. got
1: a guy in Fort Worth, Texas, a guy named Kevin Easton, and unbelievable. He goes back to the 80s with Charvel, before FMIC, before Fenderbottom and all that. He was the guy that put them all together, kind of did quality for them in, in Fort Worth. and oh, uh nice. He's phenomenal. Can't, can't – uh, can't speak enough about how well and how good and how extensive he is as a guitar tech. He's done them all. I think he's done all of Anthrax, Quiet Riot, all those guys back in the, the 80s at that one point or Yeah. So he does all mine. He makes a bad guitar really, really good.
0: Yeah, I'm sure he, he's one of those guys like where you see the videos, Zach Wilde like playing some guitar in Walmart and turns it into... You know, I
1: don't even know if he really considers himself a very good guitar player. Oh, really? No, he's just the the luthier aspect. Okay. The guitar tech aspect. I mean, that's where they the, the, the guys that can play really well, they make sure he's got their guitar in their hands, in his hands.
2: Yeah. He's that's a, he's really cool. I think we're
0: going to do an episode mm-hmm. early after the first of the year. We've got some cool stuff getting lined up for everybody, but one, I'm going to do a good friend of mine, very amazing musician. Who's offered to try and bring his really good friend with him. I'm not gonna name drop yet, but it's gonna be really cool. All I'll say is these guys are like North Texas guys. And they're uh, a very he's part of a very, very big band that hopefully they're gonna do this, but they wanna do an episode on Americano.
2: Ooh, that'd
0: be good. Like do some Gary Clark stuff and like really go through that and do some songs, talk about it, go through the history of it and Expose yeah. people to a little more of that. This guy's one of my favorite people to sit around at the cigar lounge, to talk with. He's also a, a home builder, so we have a lot in common. You know, we need to do an episode just where we talk about construction and go down that rabbit hole. But I really want to do this Americano one. Like, I think when we kick off the other podcast that's going to be more music based, yeah, that's probably when we'll release that one. But I'm looking forward to it. I That'd think that would be, be really fun. Cool. So, what, a, what, a, you're a big gun guy too. So, how'd you get into this? Because I, mean, I remember you talking to me. We, we've gone to the range together a few times and gone on a few hunts together.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, it started as a kid playing with BB guns and 22s and just kind of growing up around it. And then uh, did some some training with uh, a couple of guys who knew what they were doing and that kind of bit me. And now uh, it was. The long range stuff at that point, it was all the everywhere from close quarter combat training to, you know, clearing a building, clearing a room uh, to sitting down and making an entire spa day. Yeah. At a long range place. In fact, the next one, I was just talking about this this past week. uh, My plans are the mile long shoot next time. So I think I'm going to sign up for that and go ahead and get the mile long. So I get the dog tag. It's all about the trophy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I'm
0: gonna have to get in on this because, like, I I love my Creed more, and I need to play around with it a little more, and I need to find a range where I can go do some. So I remember you guys used to talk about what was it, Top Gun, all the time. Was yeah. The, so they
1: closed. I know
0: they closed it down. Man, that sucks. That killed us. Yeah,
1: They killed us. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, he's he's uh, he was tied in with those guys, and and was building a lot of, and still is building a lot of rifles, and does all of the uh, dope charts and building rounds and all that for these custom rifles, and. And that's where he took all his stuff out to uh, to dial it all in. And that you know, that too helped me build my rifle. I started picking his brain a little bit about what do I need? You know, what would you suggest and all that and sold a motorcycle and had a bunch of cash sitting around and dumped it into a bench rest rifle. And it's you know, optical sub MOA. Yeah, it's one of those that on a cold morning with heavy, you know, pressure air around you, you can actually see it cut through the you know the the air. You know it looks like some out of the Matrix.
2: That's and insane.
1: Yeah. So, but but it's a, it's one of those days where you may only take ten or twelve shots the entire day yeah. too. You know, it's send your wife to the spa and you go out there and you've got all day just to kind of decompress, relax after a long week and and uh, you hang out. You know, with a bunch of like minded guys and they they that that club was a pretty cool club because it was kind of semi private. Yeah. So it was being ran by former military leo yeah and uh you could go out there but as soon as you acted you know gangsta you had your gun wrong you were asked to leave and it was that simple you know it was just it was it was well policed and self-policed everybody got along everybody had a good time learned a lot you know laying down next to the guy that had been doing it for years by way of uh, military or by way of contract. After that, yeah, yeah,
0: you you make friends with some of those guys. You can learn a yeah, they're lot. They're fun guys. It I is. mean, I've started making friends with some of these guys and trying to go down that road a little bit more myself, and it's it's mind blowing. Just the stories, the stories. Yeah. Just sitting on a range with one of those guys and them starting to open up. Because I mean, like it never fell Some of these guys are the most quiet ops guys in the world they're preachers you get them out there man and man they will let it go man like that's like that's their sanctuary man like they will
1: he's a soft-spoken preacher yeah that's not what he used to be though
0: yeah you know it's funny how that all ties in i mean like guns jesus and jujitsu I mean, like, I can't name three things that says tell me your special ops without telling me your special ops.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't. I, you know, that's the one thing is uh, jujitsu I've never gotten into. I, I, I probably need to, but I'm too old now and it hurts. I don't want to get folded up like a pretzel.
2: Yeah, I'm kind I've of. I've got with buddies you on that, that do it
1: and nothing but respect. But man, if I'm already on the ground, just, you know, fold me up. I'm done.
0: I'm yeah, my my older brother owns a jiu-jitsu gym over in Plano, and when we first started getting to know each other, it's my older half brother. I don't even know if you and I've got to have this conversation, but uh yeah, man, he was like, Come train, and then he was sick that morning, but still showed up to film me getting my ass handed to me. And my dumb ass went and did a whole workout with my training partner and did arms. Uh And then showed up at this thing, not knowing how to wear a gi or any of this crap. And, you know, yeah, I I about passed out after the warm up and it was brutal. Those guys in the, uh, he has a lot of Brazilian guys in there teaching and stuff like that. And a little while back, back when I did that, it was a little more hardcore. They were kind of like finding their place between family and MMA and, man, some of those Brazilian guys, man, they want it to be, like, 105 while you're in there training. Like, they got that heater cranked up. You want to die, man. Like, if you're out of shape, like, and they'll tell you, like, well, I, I kept saying, oh, I got to get in better shape before I come do this again. Like, you you can get into a little bit better shape, but, I mean, unless you're just in there doing that and just getting used to that. You never get used to it. You ain't, you ain't going to. Like, it, That's a different animal.
1: Yeah. yeah I, I've got, like I said, I've got buddies that do it. Um, I hear the stories. Their sons are doing it now. And it's great. It's a great philosophy. It's a great way of doing martial arts. Yeah. Uh, But I don't want to find myself in a situation where I ever have to actually do that anymore.
2: Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm kind of with you
1: on
0: yeah. that. I'm just done. But they, uh, uh, Krav Maga. Uh, that's I, way too uh, much for me. That's, it's that, diff- that's a whole nother level, though. Like, Jiu-Jitsu is here and Krav Maga is like beat the shit out of you John Wick style and walk like away. over here yeah like.
1: I took that for years and I enjoyed it but I basically took it just to you know just for as a you know a get off me kind of technique that's all it was was just a get off me
2: yeah
1: you know in the threat walk away kind of thing yeah and uh, enjoyed it but again it takes a lot of time out of the schedule to maintain it yeah. and I don't have the time you
0: gotta limit your hobbies Yeah, some have got
1: I've gotta pick it I can't do it all uh, with, you,
0: you give a good effort out though, I'll give you that.
1: That's uh, it's uh, things have changed now. I mean, you know, I got two boys and everything else traveling, married yeah. man, yeah, it's all different now.
0: I can't, I haven't even got to meet, meet Misty yet. Uh, I can't wait for this. You'll get to meet her. Uh, I'm super She's excited. Sad she, she couldn't was, show up tonight, she was gonna come up tonight, but ended up having the kids so yeah I it didn't she's work the out tonight so i sarah's got to meet her I, I think i'm the only one that hasn't so far
1: Missy's uh phenomenal i'll say that she's a phenomenal woman she's i remember
0: when you first started dating her
1: yeah you know i've known her forever yeah i've known her since 1992 92 probably moving into 93
0: yeah how'd y'all meet college college yeah
1: yeah i think uh you know, uh, looking back, she's probably the one that she got away.
0: You in college and agreed she to knew marry. She in college. This is, this is scaring me even more. Yeah, back she, when you uh, pissed away Weller 107 Gold vein like it was uh, a Budweiser.
1: That's before anybody knew what it was. Mm-hmm. No one would drink it. I was the only one buying it. Everybody was scared to drink it. they had never heard of it, and yeah. that's what I watched my family drink growing up was just Special Reserve. And when I got a little money. I said, you know what? I'm a, I'm a splurge. And i got the one Oh seven antique with you the gold what those bottles are them. going for now. I still have the bottle.
0: I know, but have you seen what like unopened bottles from back then? Oh are going
2: yeah. For? I've so had right
1: guys now? offer me four, $400 for the bottle I've got Yeah, that are, that has that much whiskey. in it. they've told me drink the rest of it and yeah. Sell me the bottle for 400 bucks. Yeah. It just, nah, it just looks too good up there. I'm going to keep it.
2: Yeah. I have a
0: buddy that just got two. And from what like, they, what are they? What are they? The 80s. Really? Like I think th- I think his are like eighty nine, eighty seven. I could be wrong. If if you're Mine on here, buddy, like yeah, you know who you are. I'm not gonna call you out, but you can uh you can throw I think mine's a ninety
1: four ninety five.
0: Yeah, this is like an eighty nine or an eighty seven. And a little old lady walked in to another buddy that he's good friends with of ours at that works at a liquor store and was like, Hey, uh my husband just passed recently and I found a couple of these bottles in the liquor cabinet that I mean. I know they're old. They should be worth something, you know. Would you know anybody that would be interested in buying this stuff? And he's like, yeah, I got a buddy. And he calls our other buddy, and he went and snagged both of them. I think he's going to keep and drink one, and he's selling the other one that will pay for both bottles easily. They're, it's absolutely insane, man. Yeah, that's
1: the first thing I bought after college. They go like
0: $1,200, $1,500 a oh, pop yeah. now, easy.
1: Yeah, well, I didn't And that's
0: re- what the bourbon market's sucking right now. Well, the
1: empty bottles going for. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you going to do with it? Refill it?
0: Put tea in it and yeah. set it on their bar and make it look cool. Yeah. Tell everybody they got it? a dusty 107 gold vein.
1: I've kept it in a liquor cabinet for all these years, just dark. Yeah. And then every now and then I'll pull it out and sip it. And it's as good as I remember. Yeah. If not better now. That's money. Yeah.
0: Well, what do you want to dive into, man? Like we uh, we can we can go any direction you want. Oh, here. it doesn't matter to me. I'm, 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 I'm open an open
1: book. Here. I uh, we can talk about uh, talk about the new wife. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are surprised uh, that you know I, I I you know bounced back because it was a dark time for a little while with the uh, the Alex. It was. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, I look at uh, you mentioned Misty a while ago. She's kind of the, you know, she's kind of the, the saving grace in all this. She's she's the one that I knew from nineteen ninety two, ninety three. That and to uh, kind of what you said, she's still hung in there. Yeah. Knowing me then, because I've been told that you know, had we known each other in college, we probably wouldn't date or get married.
0: Oh, but Sarah and I talk about it all the time. Yeah. Like if we, because we've no, we've known each other, our families have known each other since I was. 18, I think.
1: That goes back ways. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, I mean, like, and we talked about it. And, like, the first time we met, I thought she was the younger sister. Cause, like, her sister is actually, they're 16 months apart, 18 months apart, something like that. And her sister and my brother, little brother, are like really close friends. Yeah. And they grew up around each other and always hung out. And, you know, my brother's two and a half years younger than me. And I knew she was, like, a little bit younger than him. So when sister comes up, I'm like, she's got to be, like, 15 or 16 years old. Like, and I was 21 at the time. Well, no, she was the same age as my brother. She's only two and a half years younger than me. So, like, we never did it. But, like, we were like, you know, it was probably a good thing that I thought that and that we never tried because, like, if we'd have tried to date back then, I don't think we'd have got very far <laughs> in my early twenties. Well, I was uh, I was in
1: my early twenties, and uh, I think she was probably a freshman, uh, sophomore. So she was eighteen, nineteen, and uh, and you know we we crossed paths. It just never happened. Never worked out. Didn't line up. She ended up with a boyfriend. I ended up with a girlfriend. That was it. And then. Yeah. 35 years later 30 something years later
0: how'd y'all run back into each other um
1: i think she stalked me man i think uh i think she was stalking me on facebook or tiktok or one of those
0: it had to be tiktok
1: yeah it was one of those and uh
0: it was um, match.com and you guys got magically reunited or yeah. something
1: <laughs> it's funny <laughs>
0: um
1: uh, we we kind of just talked a little bit and i finally i was like you know what let's do it so we met out at uh Shakerden's. had a had a whiskey and sat down she ordered a whiskey before i got there so i walked in i saw a girl sitting there drinking whiskey i was like all right this started start out, out right? pretty good yeah so uh just kind of hit it off and uh it worked out you know it was one of those things where looking back hindsight being 2020 things happen for a reason you, know, you yeah. know she's got two handsome young men as sons and you know everybody's happy healthy and blessed and uh, but she's probably the one that got away back in the day too
2: yeah so
1: but uh, yeah happy um traveling um
0: I think it was super cool like seeing all the like wedding photos and stuff like that that y'all did it's all
1: You know, that's when we got to when we got serious. Family history
0: type stuff yeah. and I know how big you are on history and family genealogy and all that stuff so I thought that was really cool too. Well,
1: when we got serious, we got to talking about it. We were like, "Well, you know, we've we've both been married. Um we've we did it for everyone else the first time." Yeah. This is our time. Let's do it our way. Yeah. And uh, her maiden name is Irish. My name's Scottish. So we kind of tied into the Scotch-Irish history and did a little bit more digging and research and Ancestry.com and come to find out my ancestry is northwestern Scotland, which is the Isles of Barra, which is basically just a rock out in the ocean with (laughs) one castle on it. And that's where all the Viking came over when they came over from the Netherlands and, and Denmark yeah. and wherever they came from and landed in Scotland. And William Wallace, at the time, the movie Braveheart, was going around recruiting people to go to war against Britain. And come to find out, I think it was my family that were the drunk Vikings that he recruited to go to war against Britain. British, the that's British. That's awesome. Yeah, so we were like, we got to talk about us. So how do we want to do it? So let's do a full-blown Scotch-Irish Viking hand-fasting ceremony. And, uh, the
0: sh- pictures are dope, man. Like, y'all did it. We did it right. You did it right. We
1: did it right. Not we're that I would
0: ever question that with you two.
1: Full kilt, full Viking gear. The guy that married us, good friend of mine, Tim Babish, my mentor in life, um, he shows up looking like thor or odin <laughs> you know it was now doing, i
0: know which one he was in the pictures, full blown
1: odin you know yeah um had a sword you know long gray wig full face paint the whole nine yards um did the hand fasting ceremony if you don't know what the hand fasting ceremony basically it's um three cords one son wraps a cord over your hands the second son wraps the second cord over your hands and the third cord is wrapped over your hands through the guy facilitating the uh ceremony and as you pull apart, the cords tie, which is where the term "tie the knot" came from. So oh, we, cool. we were like, "Oh, that. let's do it! Let's do it!" And um, we snuck off and got married before that. We did a kind of elopement thing prior to that. This was just for us, you know. Yeah, this the was show. This was our show, and uh, you know, we had a good time doing it. brought in brought in our friends and and all that and family. That's it. Yeah. Um, very short. Very. Small in comparison to the originals. That oh, didn't we got work out. Misty
0: on here now. Oh yeah. Fire away.
1: Yeah, she's uh, probably sitting at home after dinner, wondering what we're talking about right now. Yeah. But uh, and we're planning on doing it again. So we're going to be in Scotland, April May of next year. Oh, cool. Yeah. So they've got a big ceremony in in Scotland where they kind of bring in the May fest, the seasons change, and it's big huge bonfire out in the field that kind of thing and everybody oh, gets together awesome. and they're all they're all ending it with another hand fasting ceremony so it's a group hand fasting ceremony anybody that wants to get hand fasted and that's fasted not fisted because i've got fraternity brothers can't wait for that party
0: yeah I, when yeah. you said that i was just I, I mean i had to look over i was like man one of these guys has got to chime in here in a minute and like start firing away like, i i know i can see some several of them are watching we know. We don't have a lot of comments yet. Misty's Misty's going to start it off, though.
1: Yeah, she's. Uh, again, she's. I think she was a little worried. What did I talk about? Yeah,
0: how far are you two going to go? Yeah,
1: and we'll probably go that far, and she'll be. Uh, having I mean, the, we
0: just poured the second bourbon. Have that so, conversation I mean, that later. you guys have seen on camera.
1: But she's uh she's a good girl. Yeah, uh, no, I'm excited to meet her. Yeah, you'll like her. Um, she really likes Sarah. Um, Again, yeah, she wishes she could be here, but uh,
0: tis life. Yeah, tis so. life. So, so what do you think about this awesome economy and political scene we have right now?
1: Uh, I paid a hundred dollars today for a prime rib. To I cook. know, right? I mean, come
0: on, a Costco for New York strip steaks is like eighty-seven dollars, yeah. man. Yeah. I was buying the same thing a few years ago for thirty nine bucks. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, to make it myself, I mean, you go out and eat. Well, and that's and the thing. Shit, it's even it's, crazier. It's
1: even more, and it's not as good. No, yeah, you know, I'm. I firmly believe that we could cook something better back here than mm-hmm. we anywhere you can get in Dallas, Texas. Um, but yeah, it's it's that's where it's getting us is the food right now. The cost of food. Hey, there's no way around it. You got to eat. You know, my job's pretty much recession-proof, so I'm not hit that way. Yeah. But, you know, the, the folks that are recession, you know, that are hit with a the recession, they're feeling it, you know. construction. Absolutely.
2: Yeah,
0: Construction, I mean, there's always going to be construction, but, I mean, it's, you know, construction goes in cycles, too, you know. I mean, just because it's been up here and climbing for well over 10 years, it feels like. I mean, yeah, like, what was it, 2008? Or nine, one of those was real bad. I can't remember off the top of my head which one, but 2008 or 2009 was the last time we saw a real dip. So we've been on what 14 years of steady, steady going up. And it's like each year for the last two years, we've just watched it kind of either stay right there with not much growth, or you know, now you're starting to see it curve. And it's like right now, all the small to medium stuff that people would normally be calling in, they're just sitting on that. If it isn't lender required city required or an insurance something like especially right now everybody's closing out their books so they're not they're not spending any money in the commercial world right now. So the interest rates are through the roof crazy. Yeah. So they're parking money that they have to for tax purposes and buying properties, but if they buy it, they're just sitting on it. They're not they're not making the improvements. Maybe some interior stuff, but that's about it. They're not updating amenity centers, putting a new skin on it, painting it, doing all that fancy stuff. They're holding so.
1: out. Yeah, I get it. It's uh it's been like that for us, you know, the hospital systems, they have a a finite amount of money and we ask them to spend it on us, you know. Yeah. it's been difficult. It's uh it's one of those things where we our, our numbers go up every year. Our quotas go up every year. Yeah. We're expected to find a way to do it.
0: Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Just because it's bad doesn't mean you're not. I mean, you still have an overhead level to maintain yeah. and everything absolutely. else, so you can't can't fall off below that too. I've
1: got a team of territory surgical sales managers that, you know, three weeks we're gonna have another conversation about how their quota's going up. Welcome to 2024. You know, wow. it's not what have you done. It's what have you done for me lately, kind of thing. You know, it's one of those things where you've always gotta be ever improving.
0: And just so y'all know, it's not the biz. Yet again, forgot to bring a mic stand for himself. He's been in there devouring a charcuterie board. Damn right. So you know, how was it?
1: None left.
0: Sorry. I hope you guys were <laughs> yeah. Kind of figured just that's here. how that was gonna go. I'm gonna have to get her to like start up her own thing, I think, and start selling these yeah, so and like pretty setting pretty them up. I figured guys. that's probably what you're in there doing. The famous charcuterie boards. They're back. She's back from the dead and her travels.
2: Man. Five right now. <laughs>
0: there's something to be said
1: about a good charcuterie board. That's a work of art. I'm telling you, yeah. little honey, little nuts, prosciutto, prosciutto. yeah.
0: I'm really impressed, man. Like you must have really put the hammer down on your friends because, like, they are ghosting it right now. I, I, like, you must have you must have pulled out some serious dirt. we got to be careful to have the comment section of this quiet right now. What era you invite
1: in? There's a there's an evolution of. Friends. Yeah. Yeah. They're afraid
0: they're gonna get kicked out for someone new, I think. I think he made that statement. That's why he led with that earlier. Well that was just sweets. Little reminder of, you know, you can be replaced. Sweets is like,
1: ah man, I'm running nuclear medicine. Do I really want to open up this can of worms? You know. So he's he quieted down quite a bit then. He
0: did call you sweets if you're on here. I'm just gonna remind you of that. He did bring (laughs) that out earlier. He he knows why we call him sweets.
1: (laughs) But yeah, it's uh, it's kind of an evolution of it, you know. And you've got you've got uh, there's mutual respect too. And those guys, they know, yeah. You know, we're all grown ups. There's uh sitting around the bar is one thing. Yeah. Sitting here on
0: live on Facebook, uh, live and YouTube. on Facebook, that's
1: a whole different world. And uh, <laughs> you know, we all have uh, someone else to answer to at that point.
0: Yeah, that's that's for sure. It can happen quick, man.
1: So you got tattoos coming? Is that what
0: I heard? Yeah, man, I'm working on it. I just had my second laser session yesterday, and god man, I haven't had a tattoo in like 20 years. That laser shit makes you really consider if you want to get another tattoo. I can tell you that right now cuz that laser shit is Hurts? no joke. And it 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 gets more intense each time they do it. So what is the
1: the rate at which it disappears? Over time, over time, or, or
0: laser
2: so they over have laser. different
0: packages where you can just buy. Somebody said so my goal wasn't to completely remove the one I'm trying to remove. Just mainly the center part of it to get it faded enough that it doesn't alter what Colin's going to be doing, or make him have to work around it too much. To where hopefully you can't see that at all by the time he's done. So I, I started off with three packages. My first one went really well, man. Like I mean, and, and honestly, it's the first getting it while they're doing it absolutely sucks. I mean, it's like grit your teeth. I made them stop halfway again, and I'm not, next time I'm gonna really try just to let them knock it all out, like without stopping and putting more ice on. Yeah, because they ice you. <clears throat> Then they turn on this, like, negative 4-degree air blower thing, and it's blowing negative 4 degrees on your skin. And then the laser fires up. And it's like they tease you. They're like, we're going to make sure we have the right setting for you. Dink, 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 three little zaps. And and you're like, oh, that's not bad. I mean, I I, I can can tolerate that. And then she goes, I'm going to do a little line just to make sure this is what I want. All right? So the laser searches out the pigment. And tries to break it up so that your body's immune system activated then. And your body tries to remove the ink particles. That's how it works. So they do that. And then they just go to town, man. And, like, that intensity goes up. Because it's not just little cracks. Like, it, that laser just starts automatically following your tattoo and zapping the ink. So it goes, and, like, obviously, like, mine is tribal across my back. And it's light, it goes from like wispier to thicker in the middle. Oh, where they double so, up. Where they kind of doubled up and made a thicker design. So, like, you start getting it, it's crack your shoulders, you're feeling tingling in your elbow and your fingers and shit because it's nerves under there. So, it's kind of popping that. And, man, it just gets worse. And then by the time they get through halfway, she's like, Oh, do you need me to ice some more? You want to stop for it? And your brain just says, Yep, yep, do some more of that. Where you probably, I'm going to try to fight through that next time and be like, <laughs> Let's just keep going.
1: Well, how many more sessions do you have? I
0: have one more after this in early February, and then we're going to kind of see where we're at. I go to see Colin next week. We're finally at a part where he's taking all the Photoshop together stuff, and Mm -hmm. now he's drawing it up. Like, we had it to a point now where we're not wasting Colin's time. I've had to pay – I've paid a little more just to have more sessions on the up front side. Cause it, it's going to be my entire back. So I want it to be exactly how I want it. If I'm going to sit for five to six, six hour sessions to get that
2: done, yeah, you know, gonna be multiple, yeah. it's
0: going to be, it's going to be an undertaking. So, you know, Colin's so great to work with, you know, I mean, first of all, he's an amazing artist and then he really listens and sits with you and really works through, you know, I had a really bad experience trying to get this tattoo started with another local tattoo artist, And like yeah, that's that really kind of pushed me back, man. Like I was really on guard about it. Cause it was like, this guy was acting like, I don't need, that's not how I work. You tell me what you want and then I'm going to do it. Look, like, Uh, I need to see it more, bro. Cause the little bullshit you put together, like that ain't it. We ain't on the same page completely yet. Like, I get it positioning and all this stuff. And you start trying to fill space and make things big enough so that like people aren't standing back from you and going, what the hell is that? Yeah. You know, like it's got to be a certain size and have enough detail that like, so that, that kind of changes things. Cause like when you're thinking of the idea and you're kind of like, this is what I want. Well, that might not how you're seeing it. And then you start thinking about through the artist's eyes of like, Hey man, like I need this much space just to do this, because it needs to be this size. And until you start seeing that blown up and and coming together, and it's like filling in the dead spaces too, and like making yeah, when it down,
1: work. always go bigger. It's you've got to go bigger on it.
0: Yeah, so that's kind of what we've been doing. You know, we've changed the the poses in it and stuff like that, and some things. So i'm super excited to go next week and really see where he's at with it because
1: it's funny we uh we we went to hawaii this past uh well, a year before and uh made appointment ahead of time for the the local hawaiian tattoo artist there
0: which island were you on
1: the big one yeah. and uh my brother
0: my little brother's on maui now
1: oh is he yeah be, that's nice. we I've got another chance to go uh, in January possibly. So I'm kind of waiting to hear from that. If you
0: go to Maui, let me know. I will. And I will. He's got a lot of badass tattoo artists he's friends with. Well,
1: there. We we walked in with a three month wait. You know, that's how long we set Some our amount, appointment yeah. and uh, walked in, and the guy basically looked at us. He goes, "Because well, we emailed him everything, talked to him on the telephone, and gave him free roam. Just you do what you want. This is this is what we want right here." everything around it you do it and basically it was an old-fashioned the cocktail hmm and I wanted all the Polynesian flower artwork and all of the tribal Polynesian stuff their hand their hand-drawn stuff yeah he walked in sat down and with a magic marker drew it all out on our legs and then turned around and said we're ready that's cool and there was no stenciling no nothing yeah it was just done and three hours later we had there, and they're a little bit different. Mine's obviously more masculine. Hers is more feminine, depending on the art.
0: You didn't get the cherry in here. I didn't get.
1: The, I got the cherry. I got the cherry. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the cherry in it. it needs to be the Luxardo. <laughs> I think over time it'll look Luxardo-ish. <laughs> but yeah, it's a uh, beautiful artwork, you know. And, and but you kind of you kind of it's kind of a leap of faith. Yeah, you know, letting those guys do that. Yeah. And, What's uh,
0: up, Derek? Derek Dietrich's on here. No, Dietrich is my hello. roommate from college. Oh, we got a good one. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, what did he call you, Derek? We already heard about sweets.
1: I don't know if we had a name for Derek. Derek's fraternity brother. We lived in the we lived in the uh, fraternity house together. Nice. Yeah, so we uh there was three of us in one room. God. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I can only imagine. Oh
1: yeah. It was uh Derek, myself and uh and a guy named Will Vulliman. And uh we uh, we had to get along.
0: Yeah. how You you just went back for the Texas Tech game, right, in Louisiana. Didn't you just go back and –
1: That was Shreveport, yeah. 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 So, son goes to uh, – he's a freshman at Texas Tech now. Um, Texas Tech made the Independence Bowl, so we bought some tickets, went over there this past weekend, played around. Right on. Got to catch up a little bit with some people and eat uh, at the old uh, Superior Bar and Grill. Yeah. Margaritas, that kind of thing. Introduce the kid to uh, that part of it. You know, it Lubbock's Lubbock. And I just
0: got back from Lubbock this weekend. Did you? Yeah.
1: It was all hunting. How'd it go?
0: Terrible. One Nothing. bird shot between 12 guys out of two days. No kidding. Yeah. Six shots fired at one bird. That bird was dead, let me tell you. Yeah. I think we had some uh, inexperienced younger guys out there that, I mean, I've never seen decoys set up like that. First day, we hunted geese. Second day, crane. Crane hunt. I'm definitely going to say those guys were new and didn't know what they are doing. We was like... Do uh, you see any? Oh, yeah. They were flying over us. And they weren't coming in. They even circled us a few times. So, there was something out there that they were seeing they didn't like. And we were in the most covered blinds I've ever been in on this hunt. Because we do this hunt every year. We've done it for like, I don't know, 10 years. Something crazy like that. But... The second day of the crane hunt, the guy, we go, like, hey, man, are you going to start calling these crane? Like, they're flying over us, like, a couple hundred at a time. Like, what's up, man? He's like, crane make a really high pitch. It's really hard to replicate. Are they kids? I'm like, hunt? yeah, they're young in their 20s. And I'm like, okay, so what you're telling me is you don't know how to call crane. That's why you're not calling crane. So we're just going to sit here and hope they like the decoys while we have zero wind. It's 65 degrees. Almost, I mean, it wasn't quite that. I mean, that's what it got up to that day. But, I mean, it's it's getting harder. I've froze my ass off out there before. And day one, it was raining, fog, clouds, low-level clouds. I mean, that was going to be a hard hunt no matter what. I mean, we had we walked through six inches of mud oh, yeah. to get to the blind. I mean, it was miserable. And you froze your ass off. But, like, last year it was wet, drizzling, and 14 degrees with a 20, 30-mile-an-hour wind. So, it was cold as hell last year. So, I mean, it... You know, these guys try. It, it was kind of a bunk hunt, but no, that happens. You know, not every hunt is a limit out blast them. I think you've been with us on one where we yeah did pretty well. Knocked a bunch of duck out of the air. Yeah. That was a good hunt. That's yeah. the last
1: time I think I bird hunted.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was. The blast and cast. Yeah. Yeah. Those, That's right. those are fun, man. That place down in Sea Drift is an amazing place. Uh, I'm a big fan of that place. I think we're going to book that again next year.
1: Yeah, they were nice people too. Yeah. Um,
0: Castaway Lodge. Castaway Lodge. Called. Castaway yeah. Lodge. Top notch place. That's where I met Michael, I think. Yeah. yeah. Skinny Kenny. Yeah. Skinny Kenny took over. He's a cowboy now. He's a He's farmer. He's a full blown rancher. He's a full blown South Texas rancher now. He's chasing goats and stuff around. He found I think him a it's little hilarious. bitty goat
1: today, I think.
0: I've called him Skinny Kenny for ye- decades. And now he's a kid, now he's a rancher. How long have you known the, him? Funny, I've known Michael since I was God, n- n- twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. So I've known him for over twenty years. Yeah. He's a good dude, man. I, I mean, like him. He's uh he's, he's one of my favorite people, man. He, he was, was getting, quiet. I didn't he's know been what to think. He posted he posts those crazy ass gifts and some comments like, Michael's an ex marine and Ma- Michael has a strong I don't give a fuck and I mean he will put it out there and you can agree with him but or disagree with him and he doesn't care either way but if you're going to come and try to debate him on it you better come prepared because he's very well educated on whatever opinion it is he's put out there (laughs) and he will give you the business I mean like without a doubt I mean, between you and him, I have to debate most of the time whether I can even like the post sometimes because you guys will put put it out there and you don't hold back. I dialed it back. You you have definitely dialed, it, dialed back it back in the over early the last, Facebook yeah,
1: days. Yeah, I used to just
0: But I used to wonder like where do you guys even find some of these things you post? Like do you have like a special page you go to and you get it to where you share it like I know you guys aren't creating these gifts and stuff on your own. Like, CNN. Where's the secret sauce? You guys are finding these things, and some of them are epic.
1: Yeah, I used to find all my idiotic stuff on CNN and just turn it. I'd listen to what they were telling us. Yeah, go, I, have, I had can't Tim right.
0: Young on the show, man, and he's on there all the time, and they call him, he's like a I guess you'd call him a political comedian. Like, man, in his post, like, some of this stuff, it's it's awesome. Like, he didn't quite go where I thought he was going to go on the show just because he's like, he's like, man, people got to pay me. They, they want me to do all that. I get paid for that stuff. Like, you know, and he does. Like, it, it's amazing. Like, where where they get some of like his stuff, like, yeah, you can definitely tell. He's straight. He's pulling straight things off of CNN, Fox, whatever, MSNBC, you name it. And he's, if he finds political humor in it or can call them out, He's doing it. Well, you can
1: find, you got to find humor in everything. Otherwise, it's just going to drive you insane. And, you know, the more you watch, I, I, I unplugged about two years ago. I completely unplugged from the news and uh, just got away from it. Yeah. And haven't really watched it other than the morning news, you know, to find out what the weather's like and traffic's like. That's it. And it's uh, liberated myself from it, you know, completely.
0: Uh, we got Quinnell B. Strong on here now, too.
1: Yeah, that's. That's a guy named Brett.
0: I know I see his I see that name on your posts all the Quinelle. time.
1: Okay. Yeah, Quandel's a troublemaker.
0: <laughs>
1: he's one of, uh, He's the one who introduced me to Chase. Oh, really? Yeah. He and Chase went to high school. Okay. Together.
0: Good. So, well, now that Brad's been on the show and I've had Colin on the show, maybe you guys can keep hammering at Chase. I've even said Chase and Misty can come on together like However he wants to do it, but I'd love to sit down he with him and then like, yeah, we need to get him on.
1: He, uh, yeah, he got to come on. I, I think uh, Brett's probably gonna do the uh, Cody Jenkins show with us.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. Look forward to
1: meeting
0: him. Yeah, is he one of the guys that was riding with you guys back in the day?
1: Yes, yeah, but he's grown up. He's he's fast now. Okay. Yeah, he's he's for real. So he can smoke you on the fat tire? Absolutely. He can smoke us on anything right now. You used to
0: piss me off so much. You had that fat tire bike, and I'm, like, dying on my, like, full setup normal bike, and here you are on a fat tire bike just duffing me. I was in good
1: shape back then, though. That's man, that different, was so Different world. Horrible. Different time. Yeah, that was a uh, – I love that bike. I sold it. I sold it for, shoot, almost what I paid for it.
0: You and Chase, man. Chase would come out there, and that was, like, not even fun, like – that guy's a beast.
1: Chase has gotten fast, too. And
0: he's really good at golf, too. Like, he absolutely kicks my ass in golf. Like, he's super frustrated to play golf with.
1: Yeah, he to likes Because no, yeah, yeah.
0: he doesn't play a whole lot, but then when he plays, and it's like, did you ever stop? Like, I know you how much you work. Like, you can't even have time to go to the driving mm. range. And, like, he just comes out, pulls his clubs out, and it's like, oh, man, I shot an, I shot a 79 today. This really sucks.
1: Like, yeah, he and I Brett, they play you. quite a bit. They're, they're both good at golf. They've they've That's kind of their... Yeah. Their uh, boyfriend time together is mm-hmm. golf. He'll get a kick out of that. Yeah, Quan-El. Quan-El be strong. They got so, matching tattoos.
0: And stuff. I don't
1: know if they do yet or not. Uh, Brett's – Brett and I – was, Brett was a fraternity brother of mine, too. Yeah. So, that's how far back we go. I think he was coming in when I was leaving. And, okay. Uh, um, trying to think of his nickname.
0: He must have come in late because you were there for, what, like seven, eight years?
1: Hollywood. Uh, I was there six – but you can only count. You can only count three, okay? Because it was just the last three that I was really serious, and I made all that first three up in the last three. <laughs> so I actually graduated. I actually graduated a year ahead. If you get it out, with two degrees, and probably three what to are six they in? finance and economics of all things. Never used them. Never
0: used them. That's amazing. The amount I, of people I know that have degrees. And stuff and what they do has nothing to do with that is amazing to me. Uh, I mean, know, because I didn't go to college, so I mean like well, hearing uh, the, these stories, like but I I would bet seven out of ten people that I sit and talk to have a degree and what they do for a living has nothing to do with that degree.
1: You know, as a hiring manager I look at I look at these guys, they come in with their resumes and to me a degree all it says to me is I don't care what it's in all it says to me is, is that you at one point in your life you've set a goal for yourself and you completed it yeah that's really all it is right the reality is is that your bachelor's of science degree in this or this or this you know unless you're just that specialized in chemistry and going to medical school or teaching education yeah. and teaching you know all of these degrees out there really aren't geared towards you know, other than getting your foot in the door, that's it. It's up to you. And at the end of the day, I'd rather hire a six-year Marine vet or you know a, a vet in yeah. general. Those guys haven't been lied to, or they've been lied to and they've seen the they've seen the crap through it. Um, these kids that are graduating today are being told they're going to make six figures first year out. They're you know, one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year first year out. Yeah. And I'm looking at them going, come on now. You know, you're going to have to prove yourself a little bit.
2: Yeah. It doesn't know, so, happen like
1: that. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I've seen it both ways, too. There, there's two type of vets. There's the guys that were in and were probably not in for very long. They did their time. Super commend them for that. And once they're out, anything that they had to do in the military, wake up early, be super reliable, whatnot, they want nothing to do with it. They just want to live their life however they want to live it. And then you have the others that, like, man there's some of the most badass go-getters and like put tasks they're going to accomplish it. i need
1: resilience yeah that's what i'm looking for i mm-hmm. need someone with an emotional quotient that's very high that's not necessarily high iq i need someone that's resilient because i'm not concerned about you getting hit in the face that's right. going to happen yeah what i'm concerned about is how you respond to it yeah do you bounce back up do you fold over like a cheap lawn chair right that kind of thing because you know in the uh especially these young kids yeah you know you're 25 26 27 years old straight out of college you're coming into the operating room and you're expecting a surgeon to listen to you
0: yeah there. i think jason klosky said it real well a couple weeks ago and i just i just posted this little short reel from that of fail and fail fast because you're going to you're fail. gonna fail like absolutely like be prepared to fail and do it fast learn from it go on next thing Let's 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 go from there.
1: Absolutely. And I'd rather
0: see you fail and see where you go from there than to see you try to struggle your way through I've not worked, failing.
1: I've worked with you know, guys that own the records of receptions at Kentucky, University of Kentucky. I hired a kid straight out of University of Kentucky, wide receiver. And I told him, He's a small kid. And I looked at him, I was like, You hey, know, what are you? hundred and eighty pounds? Yeah. But you own all the records at University of Kentucky, yes, sir. All right. You remember the first time you went over the middle and you got sidewinded and laid out? Yeah, it's going to happen again. You know, and that was the question: was how did you respond to it? You yeah. know, it's like oh, bounced up. Okay, it's going to happen again. It's going to happen, and these kids in college aren't being taught that. Yeah, they're folding up. You know, and it's uh, the, the entitlement, I guess it's so far removed but on the flip side as a manager you got to manage it yeah and And a lot of these kids
0: are used to getting participation trophies you've got to show
1: empathy in in some of these younger kids and how they're thought and brought up and raised and whatever and we have no one to blame but ourselves really i mean it was yeah it's us that did it you know we i remember when we first got the pink ribbon for the participation you know and there was a red, white, and blue ribbon. A red, blue, red, blue, and white ribbon. First, second, third, and then there was a pink one. All of a sudden, for
0: yeah, I remember my brother getting like second place ribbon, and my dad getting mad because he went and threw it in the trash can right yeah. after the thing. My brother's like, "I don't want this. We didn't win." Yeah, yeah, and that was the second place. Like that wasn't even like a, was a base trophy.
1: every baseball team gets a ring now. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. They
0: all got like replica World Series yeah. rings, like. Why are you gonna make every kid think that they're like should be on some elite select team? Yeah, they're gonna serve no purpose. I mean, I get, I get where a lot of the errors were made. I mean, not having kids, but you know, I get where a lot of the errors were made because a lot of my friends and I see this across the board, and even some of our parents, like they didn't have a lot of things, so they they wanted their kids to have everything, and they took away a lot of those life lessons and exposure to the failing and the hardships that they really needed to go through now they have to go through it later in life and in different ways
1: yeah yeah the internet it's hidden it it's buffered them Mm -hmm. you know it's uh hiding behind it you know they didn't have the interaction that we had so how do
0: you look at teaching these kids these these traits and these qualities
1: you know i fall back on c1 do one teach one kind of thing that's my first step in teaching anybody is c1 do one teach one yeah and uh and then I kind of just got kind of gleaned from that on how successful we are with the first step of that. The the kids, you know, it's it's not a uh, it's not necessarily, a, you know, a blackboard you know type of education anymore. It's they're into the computers you know, and you've got to kind of tie it into it. I am fortunate that my company, we do hire young. We give kids chances. We give yeah. we give a lot of chances up front and it's up to you you know and i'm very clear on it this is we're going to teach you to be ready now whether or not you're, you you succeed at it is really up to you we can't teach that yeah you know that's that's internal and uh you know and i'm following up with surgeons on a daily basis on how how they're doing you know what's your expectation What well, you know what what's your reaction how do you feel about the the you know the the uh the, the type of service you're getting, you know, that kind of stuff. I I follow up with my surgeons when I see them at the meetings and all of that. And you know, that's kind of how I gauge the success of my team. Yeah. And how uh, do
0: you look at the sales approach portion of that? Like what, how do you, how do you work on training these kids, how to be relatable and to build relationships and stuff like that?
1: We solve a problem. We're trying to solve a problem with a product. So we don't want to sell a product. So what we want to do is we know there's a problem. The surgeon may or may not know there's a problem. Typically, they do. They just don't want to address it. So, in surgery, if we can bring up and that heartburn, that that problem by bringing in a product to solve that for them, that's typically how I, I like to spin it. And that way, it kind of takes some of the the you know up front off of it. Kind of takes decompresses the situation. Yeah. Because you you know you've got uh we've got a we've got a product that's the only thing like it on the market our product that we've got products that surround that around it, that are commodity. And we only sell our one, our one product once we have to depend on our commodity products around it. Okay. And that's the best way is to kind of go in unassuming and teach a way around a problem. Right. But if you're looking at it from a consultative view, that's, that's, you know, that's where you want to be. You don't necessarily want to sell today. This is a marathon absolutely a marathon it's not a sprint you know it's a medical device it's nice to get that free bluebird fall in your lap but it doesn't always happen either yeah you know so um, but we you know from a pipeline perspective um, I'm very clear are you happy with where you are today yes or no because if you're not it's what you did six months ago
0: yeah what do we got to do to get you there yeah are you, know? you doing the things that are gonna get you there? Yeah. You set the goal, the expectations Start you know today. what you gotta do. Absolutely. And are you doing that day in and day out, doing the hard part? Start today.
1: You'll see the success in six months, twelve months. You know, it's and we'll give you that time. We're not gonna run you off in the first eighteen months. But
0: so how do you uh, how do you look at teaching these kids or anybody you're managing The organization, the the planning parts of it. How do how do you approach that? Because I know I know you're a lot like me. You and I are very similar in that, like we're both like extremely OCD. Yeah, we're very like ADD. Like, got to be focused. Like, get get things done. Like, everything's in its place. You know, all that stuff. How do how do you look at that? I mean, are you a guy that? Are you a big goal setter? You, you know, you set out these mini goals to bigger goals. Like, how, how does that look in your world? Like, how do you approach that?
1: You've got, to a goal. you've got to have goals. You know, you've got to have something to stay focused on. My opinion is, is that you string along more good days than bad. You know, it's a two steps forward, one step back kind of thing. Um, and don't think of it day over day. Think of it month over month for success. String more good days along than bad. And really look at it from a perspective of, you know, what am I learning today? You know, learn something new every day. Yeah. You know, use everything in your arsenal. Um, for a new person, new, new rep, territory manager to get into medical device sales, let's put it this way you've got all these kids graduating from college every year. Right. So I don't know what that number is, we'll say 25,000. Okay. You've got a certain amount of that that are literally focused on what they're going to be their next step is by a degree, whatever that is. engineering. they know they're going to get into engineering. But you've got a lot of guys like me with a business degree, finance, economics degree, or a general studies or or God forbid a liberal arts or whatever whatever the yeah. case may be. you've got a, a great portion, a great population of those kids that can basically do anything they want. And what have they been told? Get into cells, yeah, probably some form of cells. They're all trying to get into pharmaceutical cells. So you've got this huge influx of kids trying to get into pharma cells. They do that. The ones that are hired do that for three, four years. The ones that rise to the top rise to the top. They win their president's club. They do their awards. They get their trips. They look around and they go, "Okay, now I got to get into medical device cells. That's the next step." Okay. Well, the odds of getting into medical device sales is that much leaner it's just that much more competitive so those a very small portion of those guys move into medical device sales. they do it for how many years three four years five years they knock the cover off the ball they promote they look around and go now i got to get in they you know i'm selling catheters or whatever now i've got to get into or i've got to go to the or because that's the that's the pin, that's the pinnacle working in the operating room It just got that much more competitive. And we give opportunities to some of these guys straight out of college to give them an opportunity to work in the OR. They skip all those steps.
0: Oh, that's impressive. That's awesome. We
1: give them that opportunity. And, you know, the training aspect is the product, the anatomy, physiology, pathology, all of that. But it's really you. And I tell them all, you know, as early as you can, brand yourself however that is brand yourself because when you leave my company and you go to work for some other company your customers gonna buy from you they're not gonna buy just because you switch companies they're not gonna stop buying just because you switch companies they're gonna buy from you years ago years ago i'm sitting in texas health presby here in dallas texas working with a doctor interventional radiologist and he looks at me and he goes, I need you to bring your product up to the operating room. We're going to see if we can use it in the OR. Has never been used in the OR? And I was like, no, it's never been used in the OR. All right, let's try it. Can we try it? I was like, yeah. So he introduces me to the general surgeon. And I walk in and I looked at the general surgeon the day we walked into the operating room and we're talking and I looked down, he's in scrubs and boots. I was like, why didn't I ever think of that? I've always worn tennis shoes just like everybody else. Well, that following week, I put boots on underneath my scrubs Ended up changing career in medical device. I ended up going from there into ophthalmology, which is where I am now. Yeah. And I wore boots the whole time. No matter where I go in the United States of America, the surgeons know when they hear those boots come down the OR floor that Brad's there. So brand yourself early. And I didn't do it early enough, I don't think. So figure out a way to brand yourself. Set yourself apart. Because people... Will buy from you regardless of what se- what it says on your scrubs, and I tell those kids that too. You know, it's a, it's, it's long term, man. It's not something that happens overnight. That's your success right there. Um, you know, and staying credible
2: because no, it's very what you important. You say you're going to do, yeah,
1: absolutely. You don't know the answer. You don't know the answer. As soon as you. Discard credibility in the operating room; you won't be invited back. But you know, all those questions are brought up. You know, it's uh, they're not brought up immediately because they're 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 not thought of immediately. You know, and it it takes months and months and months into the process before these kids look at you and go, "All right, I need to know how to get in the operating room." You know, I'm, I'm three weeks into this this opportunity here. I'm three weeks into my job. I I don't know how to get in the OR. And my answer is: is the easiest way to get in the OR is to already be in the OR. At that point, you're asking to come back calling a clinic, speaking to a scheduler and saying, can I come into the OR with your surgeon next week? That's not going to fly. Yeah. It's very hard to do. So utilize everything, uh, your entire arsenal. And if that means partnering up with your industry partners, can you introduce me to this person? Can you get me in the OR with you? Then you're in the OR. Yeah. You know, and these kids are, we're we're teaching that now.
0: Finding ways to navigate. Finding
1: ways to navigate it through to be successful. And it just, it's chipping away, just chipping away.
0: How, how, how have you approached teaching them to brand themselves?
1: Getting I mean, familiar, getting comfortable in your own skin, figuring out who you are. I kind of liken it to Yoda. The Jedi I don't monster.
2: know if it's coming.
1: It's either Yoda or Neo from the Matrix. You know, getting to the point where you're so comfortable That whatever happens in the OR doesn't shake you. Because it's a very stressful situation if you've never been in it. It's very stressful. So getting so comfortable that, ah, or dodging that bullet. Bending around that bullet. You know, doing the Yoda thing. Becoming that, that Jedi Master in your own skin helps speed that process up.
0: Yeah, cause, I mean, you're probably really limited though like I mean like your boot example is great, but then like where do you go from there like cause, well, I mean you're limited at what you can <coughs> excuse me what you can wear, what you you're absolutely limited can and can't do. you're, you're and in and, and out
1: of their clothes. Room, yeah you you're know. in and out of their clothes. You're covering up your boots. yeah, you know, but for me personally, it was something that helped me reach that comfort level. Uh mm-hmm. becoming that next level and finding that you know it's everybody's going to be a little bit different you know, um you know we've got athletes we've got former professional football players you know everybody works in this industry yeah you've got uh guys that you know just got lucky like me you know, I don't know there's nothing there wasn't really anything special a guy gave me a chance and in return. That's what we want to do. We want to give chances, so it's been fun in that sense. But it really is left up to you. You can take a mentor, buddy up. You know, the, I think the Navy SEALs have a buddy system. Buddy up, find a buddy, find a buddy in the industry. Every yeah. day, talk to that buddy. You know, if it doesn't happen organically, make it happen. You know, uh, spend hours on the phone learning. You know, and talking to those kids, talking to a, a, you know a counterpart across the country. Hey, this is happening here. Is it happening there? No, it's not happening here. Every territory is a little bit different. So it's all a bit of a different dynamic depending on where you are, who you are, what's, you know, what's bouncing off of you and all of that. But the success really is dependent on, you know, in my opinion, 80% is getting up every morning and putting that effort.
0: Absolutely. That's hard to teach. I mean, if, you're not, if you're not putting in the work, you're no. not, not going to go anywhere. Nothing I can do to help you. Find that one thing you can focus on that's gonna, going to improve whatever it is you're trying to do. Focus on that one thing. Limit it down. You can't... If you try to do ten things in one day, you're not going to do all ten. So every day that to-do list just gets longer because you got six things. Whereas if you just focused on that one thing that would really matter that day and accomplish that, the one thing that everything else really doesn't matter as much but if you did that one thing, what is that one thing you could do that would actually improve or make make a change towards what you're trying to accomplish
1: that's really it you know and and at the end of the day it's getting comfortable it's settling in it's learning you know and being able to talk about it you know I had a friend of mine uh, before I moved from my old neighborhood he's retired from Texas Instruments engineer guy and he looked at me and he said man I don't know how you do what you do for a living and I looked at him I said what do you mean he goes how hey, you sell and I said well Tom I said uh no, I really don't feel like I've ever sold anything in my life. What do you mean? I just go in and talk. go am going to have a conversation with my customers. Yeah. You know, and over time, here's how I can help you out. If I can't help you out, I know these people who can. Yeah. And it's building that consultative type of relationship with them, and they start to depend on you, and, and that, that pays Hoping out. solve problems. Tenfold, Yeah. All of a sudden, I've got surgeons calling me from South Texas going, hey, I'm thinking about doing surgery at this place. Can you help me I talked to
0: my buddy over here, and he said you helped him solve this problem. Can you help me solve this problem?
1: If you can't, you know someone that can. Yeah. And that pays out in dividends over the years. Absolutely, it does.
0: Yeah, I I, I tell my guys the same thing. Like A lot of my estimators, it's like when you get called out there for the estimate, And they'll they'll complain to me like, well, you sent me out here for this. Well, I ended up being here all day because they gave me 10 other things. I'm like, that's great. Did you ask them if they have any other problems that you can help them with? Did you treat that maintenance guy, the leasing agent, the assistant manager, the manager the same way as if that was the head of construction that you know and try to help them solve whatever problems they're having? Or did you go in there with that piss-ass attitude of, Man, I came here to look at this. I I wasn't planning on helping you. I mean, I, I'll have to come back. No. All right, fine. We have to reschedule some things, like work around it. Like, no, you need to focus and like help them solve their problems.
1: Yeah. We we it's very rare that it happens. But when it happens, we've got situations where we're in the OR working or we're working with the staff around the OR and on the way out. We think we're done, right? And this has happened to me several times over my career, but Uh, One time in particular happened right north of here up in uh, the Sherman uh, area. I sat down with the the surgeon, talked to him for a little bit, kind of got an idea of what he wanted. And on my way out, I had the OR manager walk up to me and say, you know, she asked me, do you have more time today? Yes, ma'am. What do you need? So we walked back to her office and she handed me a stack of papers that thick and said, can you look through this and cross-reference everything you sell in your catalog? To the things in this list, and I'm looking at her going, "Yes, ma'am." And for the next four hours, I was line item by line item on everything I could possibly sell them, and I handed it to her at the end of the day. Walked out with a huge PO at the end of the day. Sold things the company never sold, just by taking that time and, and relaxing a little bit and helping her out. Because yeah,
0: you didn't plan to sit there for four hours. I had and go no through idea a, that was about to happen. A book of no. Statements.
1: Nothing, nothing. You know, they're opening up a uh, surgery there. They needed everything. But I was the guy that showed up. Everybody else was too busy. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, that's the thing I tell these kids, you know, uh, you got to show up. You know, you, your, your shoulder blades need to be on that OR wall at 0630. Because if they aren't, someone else's will be
0: that's what i keep trying to tell my guys you know especially in a time like right now so like things are slow like it's slower than normal and i've got a new guy that i'm training that i've been training for the last i don't know four months and he's not seen it be balls to the wall where you're just running and putting out fires and you know you're every day you're walking stuff from sun up to sundown, and you're having to do all this stuff like so in instilling in him the urgency and the importance of still coming in every day calling checking don't don't turn like some of these guys that just go oh well i don't have anything to do today i'm just going to stay at home i'll answer my phone i'll answer my email you know showing these guys the importance of like see where else you can add value see i mean see what else you can learn today i mean just cuz you don't have something go right along with a project manager and watch one of the jobs he's running you might learn something like, you, you know, at least go do that for a few hours. And then, okay, fine. You want to go do whatever for the afternoon because there isn't a job for you to go do? Fine. But you've kind of checked off these things. You've tried to add value somewhere because if or when there was a time to start cutting people or stuff got really bad, who who's going to be the first person to get cut? Yeah. The guy that's just sitting at home and not doing stuff or not adding any other value. So... You know, I try to teach all these guys that like you can always find something to do. You know, it may not be what you normally do, it may not be what you really want to do, but you know, you could be sitting next to me and be like, "Show me how you do these cost sheets." You know, I want to. I know I'm not really ready to do all this yet, but like, I want to see what goes into your side of it, or you know, whatever. Not many do that. So many people get content of just doing the bare minimum Well they're happy they're happy and they're, they're, they're just content with that well
1: we have it you know we have it late late stage too you know we've got older guys tenured guys that are happy doing that you know they've kind of built a base of business and there's no uh there's no drive to increase it you know yeah so we deal with that too but you know my 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 team i'm fortunate i've got a very strong team you know it's a very diverse team too i've got guys that are brand new to guys that had 25 years in the industry um but utilize them you know in the room at any given moment there's 200 years of experience yeah and if you're not asking for help when you need help shame on you you know we've got uh you've got an opportunity to learn from some of the best and we really want to train them we you know i want to i want to train them to a point where everybody in the industry it's a small niche ophthalmology and retina what i do in particular it's very very small yeah everybody knows everybody everybody knows the quality reps everybody knows the quality people and my goal is to train my team to the point where everybody else in the industry wants them yeah i want them to try to poach them on the flip side I want my reps so happy where they are. They look at them good. no, thank you. Yeah. You know, and that's the reality is train them. You're running the risk. And a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of CEOs don't understand that. They panic when you hear, when they hear that. Yeah. Oh my God, you can't do that. We're going to lose them. Not if we build the right culture.
0: And some people don't want to put the time in early on, like when it is slow or when things aren't just booming. But then when it's booming, then you're in panic mode. You're catch up. Trying to play catch up. Yeah. And that's not a fun place to be in either. We we've, we've done that too. And that's again, I ask the question, are you happy with what's happening today?
1: Because yeah. if you aren't, it's based on what you did 6 months ago. Yeah. That's really all it's really all it is for me, you know, for my my industry. If you're not happy with your pipeline, if you're not happy with your sales, yeah. It's because you didn't do something 6 months ago. There's that much lag. Now that you know that, change it. Be happy in 6 months. You know, let's regear, refocus, kinda put the effort back into what we need to do now for later. No. And if you don't do it, you're gonna you're gonna be in catch up mode for the rest of your career. You know, and then you're always running from something. Yeah. And it gets too small to be running.
0: Yeah, I mean even in a big field like mine, I mean, you have to go through those cycles too, and I mean it's it can be frustrating too just because You have to find different ways of looking at things or approaching it just because the easy sell's not there Mm -hmm. or one relationship with a client has simmered or they don't have as much stuff coming in and then you got to kind of pump it back up to feed that back up again and getting yourself out of the mode of just dealing with everything and trying to handle and make everybody happy and then switching gears and going, okay, like now we got to get some more stuff coming in because it does, it, it, it feeds back and everybody has their role, but you don't always look at it from that bigger picture and how you're feeding it. So your project managers are bored and they're slacking off and then they're not caring about the jobs much. Well, that, that one job they didn't care about as much is the one job that now all the eyes are on them hanging them up and it's hanging them up well then you just made my job harder selling more work for you to have because you treated that one what you thought was a piddly little job as a piddly little job instead of like actually caring about what you're doing yeah
1: well we, we 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 don't want to overlook anything and you know, every at the end, of, you know, at the end of the day, you've got a patient laying on the table. That's how. That's kind of where my perspective is. Is that could be your mom, it could be your grandma. Yeah. You know, take it seriously. Yeah. You know, those. That's a human being. Like it,
0: it's. It's really hard to to teach people some of those things, though. Young uh, kids. I mean, these the the yeah. younger kids and like even like you said, there's a, you know we've got a balance of younger and older and people that are content people that just want to do a certain thing, but keeping it fresh in their mind of how important they actually are. I mean, I I had to take a moment at our Christmas party recently and, you know, really point out that like you guys don't realize like you guys are the bread and butter of what I do. Like I can't do my job without you guys, the estimators, the project managers, and I'm selling what you're doing. So if what I sell doesn't match up completely because you didn't care or you weren't paying enough attention, you didn't put the focus into like, you didn't think this little estimate was like that big of a deal, or you didn't think this job was that important, but then a maintenance guy walks by and sees you piddling around yeah. and that this job's going haywire. Or you didn't call me and tell me you had a problem, even though you're fixing it. Like, that's great. Kudos to you for taking it on and fixing it, but call me and tell me you had a problem so that if the off person saw that you were having a problem and they call me and say, did you know about this and that this is what's going on? And like, is this gonna be a big issue? Uh Wait, what are you talking about? If I don't know, you just jacked up a whole lot of stuff. But if I already know and I'm like, oh yeah, man, it's not. A, it really wasn't that big of a deal. They already are addressing it. Yeah, they ran into this hiccup. They're handling it, and they're gonna go ahead and take care of this as well, just because they want to make sure it's completely right. Yeah, that's a whole different scenario than I don't know. Like, what are you talking about? Let me call you back in five minutes. You know, that's a shitty position to be in. And I know people want to fix their mistakes or their problems, but. You need to let the other parties know. And it's not because I'm going to come down and, like, start harping on you. I'm going to be happy that you're telling me about it and, like, hey, like, cool. Like, I can get ahead of this. And a lot of times, if I get that phone call, I'll call the client or the person that's high enough up and be like, hey, just so you know, you may this may not even cross your desk or your phone line. But just so you know, this is going on. We're already taking care of it. You're not going to see anything you know, no supplements, no change orders. If someone calls you and tells you X, Y, Z, like, don't worry about it. It's being taken care of. We've already got it. But, you know, I had one a month ago where the guy, you know, a water line was hit while we were doing some demo and it flooded flooded out the space we were working on. A client calling me, going, "Well, we're n- none of your guys are there. Your project manager's not there. Nobody's speaking English on the job site, and we're dispatching our water mitigation team to go help handle this. And this person just kind of let it go, like was trying to fix it on their own and didn't say anything. Like, dude, do you know what kind of position you just put me in? Yeah, it's like, come on, man, like." I could I could have helped you. I could have helped you solve this problem. This kind of stuff happens. It's not the end of the world. Let let's let's deal with these things. Like you, how people deal with problems is is a huge thing, and how you communicate that.
1: Well, we we call we call it manager manager. You know, and I I, I tell my guys, don't make me call you. Call me. Yeah. You know, call me. Fill me in because we all answer to someone. Yeah. You know, I've got a boss that I answer to. Boss is that on any given day, they could call me and go, what's going on here? I don't need to be guessing, you know. Fill me in on it. Keep me abreast of it, and we'll stay ahead of it. There's nothing we can't do, work through. Yeah. Even if things do go sideways. Highly regulated. Can't say certain things. Have to state a script on certain things, whatever. You know, you just – everybody has – Slip-ups, get it?
0: Yeah, it's gonna happen. There's problems like construction, Fill me especially. In on it. Yeah, there's always gonna be a problem. Yeah, <coughs> keep me abreast me. of it. But there's it's how you're gonna do. deal with the problem.
1: That's right. It's gonna happen. Yeah, it's again. You're gonna hit, face it head on, or you're yeah. gonna fold up. You know.
0: And I think I think that's one of the things I battle, and sometimes because certain people within the company I work at, even you know, we, when there is a problem how does one person react versus the other? You know, because if you make people afraid to jump up and say, Hey, I'm having a problem or I messed this up and you make them feel this big about it. Oh, you can't do that. Then, then there's going to be, then they're not going to do it next time. And then you're behind the eight ball because you don't know about the problem because they're too scared to tell you about the problem. Yeah. Even though they might be fixing the problem. So, you know, I try to instill that in all my guys and let them know, like, hey, I got your back. I, I'm selling what you guys do for a living. You know, so let, let's let help each other out. Because you keeping me informed is the best thing you can do for me to help you.
1: Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's that's basically it. It's It makes your job easier. Yeah. And, you know, I, I try... I learned from a manager years ago. And it was probably... Oh, shoot. You know, one of the best things I'd ever picked up from any manager that I've had was he always ended the phone call with, what can I do to make your job easier? That was my manager asking me that. Yeah. What can I do to make your job easier? And that's kind of when I, you know, at the time I probably didn't think much about it, but over years that meant a lot to me, you know, and that's kind of what
0: I've
1: resurfaced to my guys is how can I make your job easier? You know, I've been off for the last week and a half. I'm off through January, but I'm on the app every day.
0: Yeah. Guys, I'm here. I mean, we even talked about when we were planning this, you were like, hey, man, yeah, I'm off the next two weeks. Let's make something work. Yep. And you're like, but even though I'm off, I've got a surgeon that, like, really is going to try to you know get this in the operating room whatever uh, 27 and i i've got to go down there and i've got to, i've got to be there yeah, like two i'm going to be there
1: 2 days after christmas i'm meeting my texas rep at
0: children's hospital in dallas Yeah, you know, so. so i mean it's just that simple it's that, that kind of communication yeah donna I thank you for that that's very kind of you to say i really appreciate that but yeah man it's, it, it it's tough but you you got to you if people have the bigger picture in mind and it's keeping that bigger picture in mind for people I think is a big key of that. Yeah, and trying
1: to teach that bigger picture earlier. Yeah. Because a lot of us don't get it until too late. Yeah. Or, and I
0: probably could do a better job of that, too. We all could. Even. Yeah.
1: We all could. I don't think it's a, it's a never-ending. It's always evolving. It's always learning. And Yeah. You know, it can always be better. Again, I defer back to what I said earlier tonight. You surround yourself with people who are
0: better than you. Yeah. How have you looked at that with mentors and stuff? I mean, I, I know... I'm not even sure the right way to ask this just because I know you and I don't remember the specifics, but, you know, I know you've talked several times to me about, and you even mentioned a little bit earlier when you were talking about some of the people that might chime in or might not and whatnot, that how important some of the mentors have been that you've had and that some of them are your closest friends, some of them now are your clients and everything else.
1: My, uh my biggest mentor professionally and moving towards personally has been a, a gentleman by the name of Tim Babish. He's the gentleman that facilitated the hand fasting. He's, he's one that married us in February last year. Yeah. Uh, older gentleman. Um, I'll oh shoot 13 years ago, 14 years ago, I walked into the boardroom of my, my home office and sat down next to him. Never met the guy before in my life. And you know, you, all, you always come to a point in life where you have the fork in the road, right? Like yeah. the left or the right, and you're lucky sometimes. And that day, I made the the right turn in the fork, and I sat next down. To, I sat down next to this guy, and uh, I have learned more from him, professionally, from an education perspective, than I ever learned anything in college on a bar napkin of all things yeah this guy's smart very intelligent and what I mean by intelligent is um, he's never made a B in anything I've seen his transcripts he's got a master's degree he's got two PhDs he's Mensa very very intelligent human being but to the point where he can sit down with you and relate in a way that you learn at probably the most ease i've ever had or experienced in in educational environment and i've That's picked awesome. more up from him so i say uh professionally he's absolutely the mentor and okay. like i said moving over the last few years or so uh he's someone i've leaned on uh from a personal perspective uh, another person You know, and he's, uh, you know, I don't think age has a definition or defines mentorship, but one way or another, Lockwood, Chase Lockwood, you know, phenomenal human being. You know, professionally, we all know what he is. He's uh, probably one of the hardest workers I've ever met. Go getter, hustler type of guy, makes things happen. Does does all of it for his family.
0: Um, But I've never heard the guy say a bad thing about anyone, anyone, not anyone. And I don't care how mad he is. No. I mean, and then, you and I even had to talk about that one time because I offended Chase, making a joke. And I I didn't even realize it. And then when he approached me about it, and I realized how upset he was about it, it was like, wow, man, I, I'm really sorry. Like, I had no idea that that would be... That, that you took that that way and that I crossed the line with you that that was that. And that was the end of it. You know, yeah. we... We hashed out, and you and I had a conversation about it. I was like, "Man, like, was I really out of line here?" And you are like, "No, just that's how that's how Chase Chase is. Uh, Chase kind of is." And it, 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 you know, it helped me understand because at first I didn't understand. I was like, "Man, like, was that really out of line?" Like, we were kind of just joking back, like we normally do, and it's just the guys joshing out. But it, it was the audience, it was everything else, and like, and it, and and I I was in the wrong, and I apologized, and Chase, I forgot, he forgave me, and. Oh, he's he went for, on and you know, Chase has like,
1: forgiven me for so much. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, amazing, you know, like, it's you absolutely amazing. And I amazing. learned, and I,
0: I there, he's someone that it, it, even though I haven't spent as much time with him as you have, like, I can't think of many more people that I respect more than Chase. Yeah, like,
1: I think he, that's a common his denominator. His actions
0: with him. demand that, and like, you know, like in the way he lives his life, man. I mean, I, I couldn't speak higher
2: about a person.
1: Yeah, I think that's a common denominator with everybody in a circle is that. Where everybody would agree on that yeah good guy really good guy um i like i said when i met him there was just something yeah you get it yeah it clicks right yeah but it was more than that it was uh it was uh yeah you know whatever it takes kind of thing let's hang out let's make it happen
0: Yeah, like the person's presence, you just know, like, that's a person I want to spend more time around.
1: Yeah, good guy. guy.
0: They just, they they radiate that. Like, I mean, there's just certain people like that you meet in life that light up a room that have that presence, that do that kind of thing. And man, like, he is definitely one of those people.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, I've got a couple of those groups. I've got, you know, the group up here, and um, I've got a group of five or six, seven that I went to college with that date back to, you know, late 80s, early 90s, fraternity brothers. Yeah. That all the years passed, you know. That's who we are now. We're still on a running text. We still talk daily, multiple yeah. times a day. Uh, we're any we were in each other's first weddings and second weddings, and uh, you know it's to point now where one of us we've gone to the funeral, you know. So it's yeah full circle with this group of guys, and uh, you know there that's another group. You know those guys are tremendous, tremendous human beings and gentlemen. You know yeah full-blown just gentleman with the definition of a gentleman yeah you know
0: i think one of the cool things you said too when you were talking about some of the mentors in your life is too that like you took the opportunity to sit down next to someone that you may or may not have felt up to their level that you may have known was a little out of your league but it was a table you wanted to sit at and you sat down at that table until you became to a point where you felt comfortable and accepted at that table. Like and so many people don't take that opportunity just because they don't feel like they belong at that table or that they deserve to be at that table or they should be at that table, whatever the litany of reasons that they can come up with in one's head when that moment approaches. But I, I see more people, especially that I talk to and sit down with like this on the podcast that at some point, there was an opportunity to sit down at a table with someone, somebody, or some people that was where they wanted to be, but didn't felt like they should be yet. But they went ahead and did it anyways, and that that was one of those points.
1: Yeah, it's against that that evolution that 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 direction that progression of becoming comfortable, right? Uh-huh. And sometimes you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable yeah you can't deny it you know you're gonna be there's gonna be uncomfortable situations and it's gonna be uh new situations whatever get comfortable being uncomfortable yeah absolutely just get into that frame of mind and it will help you evolve into that person that you hopefully will be you know that that yoda
0: yeah absolutely so all right man let's uh there's a couple questions we ask everybody on the show um, I'm I'm looking forward to this because we didn't go down as many rabbit holes as I thought you and I were going to. We were we were on our best behavior tonight. This is this is. Uh, I
1: want to make sure you get you know any sponsorship opportunities. Yeah, yeah, no no yeah. cancel
0: culture here. Yeah, <laughs> we, we definitely could have achieved that if we really wanted to. Um, if you could leave the two boys with one piece of advice. What would that piece of advice be?
1: Always treat whoever you meet under whatever circumstance with the utmost respect because you never know when it's gonna come back. Absolutely. And I you know, I refer to their mother. Yeah. You know, it didn't work out in nineteen ninety three. But we stayed above boards. Completely one hundred percent respect, you know, and then thirty something years later, look at us, you know. Yeah. That that eleventh grade girl that you're sitting behind in class that is aggravating you, be nice to her.
0: Yeah. That girl you you thought was like fifteen when she was like eighteen. That's
1: the one. Always be nice to her because you never know, you know, and that goes for anything, you know. Just be a be respectful, you know, be a gentleman.
0: Yeah. All right. Now's your free-for-all. So it's called common sense. You get to give everybody Brad's two cents. Ah, it could be about whatever. Something I didn't ask you that you wanted to talk about tonight, it could just be your two cents, be something you've been thinking about, whatever's on your mind, your whatever statement, it can it can just be Brad's two cents.
1: Man, there's really no secret. You know, my, my, my philosophy in life has been – really simple you know and it was uh, uh, finding that support finding that group finding that structure that really and truly holds you to a higher standard you know because at the end of the day bring yourself up don't bring yourself down and if you know if everybody around you is successful if everybody around you is it doesn't matter what you're doing if you're wanting to run faster go hang out with people who are faster if you want to lift heavier weight go hang out with guys who are lifting heavy weight you know hang out with that group of people and hopefully it's a very dynamic diverse you know uh, well rounded group that does a lot of things well you don't have to do a lot of things fantastic do a lot of things well you know and and that will hold you to a higher standard in life in my opinion it's kind of my philosophy this is not really a big secret Um, you know and it's like you um, I, and I remember I remember when we went to the gun range you asked me "Well, how'd you meet these guys you know, and I, we met them and this is kind of the group we formed we need, and fortunately it's all fallen apart a little bit over the years everybody's moved away and yeah. you know but we need to. we need to we need to be you know proactive moving forward about getting some of these guys back together again in my Absolutely. opinion so uh, that next stage in life is coming fast
2: yeah man I
0: couldn't agree with you more, man. That's great advice. It's, you know, real talk. And that's what we always shoot for, man. So, man, I want to thank you for coming and doing this with me, absolutely, man. Absolutely, Like, this is cool to just get catch yeah, up on here. I hope you here. guys have a Merry Christmas, too. Yeah, absolutely. Merry Christmas to everybody. I hope you guys have a great time over the holidays with your family and friends. Do yourself a favor. Put your phone down when you're with your family and friends. Enjoy their company. Spend some time with them put the other distractions aside for a little bit and we're going to be coming back with you guys right after you guys will see some posts but right after the first of the year we're going to kick this back off i already have a couple guests lined up that i think you guys are going to be really excited to see on here i hope you guys are looking forward to it if you have people you would like to see on the show send them to the website common sense the podcast.com It's really easy to get people signed up on there. They can reach out to me, contact me directly on there. You guys check that out. We should have have some merch on there shortly after the first of the year as well. We're working on that over the holidays, so you guys want some common sense swag. We're going to have some hats, some shirts. You'll see me sporting it. You guys know how I like to sport all the stuff I like, and I'm going to make some cool stuff so that we can all enjoy that as well. We're going to have some cool stuff. My buddy Shane, uh, he made these uh, awesome coasters for us. Um, If you guys can see that on there, hopefully. But uh, we're going to have some stuff like that that we're going to put out there. Maybe we'll do some cigar stuff with the ICC guys. Maybe we're even going to do some Glens for the bourbon and stuff like that. But if you guys got some people you want to see on the show, reach out. Send them my way. If you guys are enjoying the show, please go in leave us a review like comment share whatever you can do that actually helps more than you guys know and helps push it out there i hope you guys are enjoying some of the shorts and the reels that we're putting out you're going to see a lot more of that over the next two weeks because we've got a we've got that down now and people seem to be really liking that like i want to say the first one we put out has over six thousand views now um, which is awesome we really appreciate you guys support but Whatever platform you guys like us on, please go in, like it, give us a review, give us a rating. Tell us what you like, don't like. Feedback is awesome. We wish we had more of it. We get some, but uh, I would love to hear what you guys would like to see more of, less of. You guys want to see changes, throw them out there. We're, we're going to be revamping a little bit over the next two weeks, and then we'll be coming back strong with you guys in 2024. But be safe, and y'all hang in there.